You're listening to the Talking Rheumatology podcast, brought to you by the British Society for Rheumatology. Hello and welcome to this episode as part of the Talking Rheumatology Careers podcast series. I'm Dermot McGoughan, Paediatric Rheumatology Registrar, and today I'm joined by Dr. Shamawa Jandil, Consultant Paediatric Rheumatologist at the Great North Children's Hospital, Newcastle upon Tyne, and also Chair of the Specialist Committee for Paediatric Rheumatology Training in the UK. Welcome, Dr. Jandil. Thanks Thank so much you. for joining us today. Mm-hmm. I'm delighted to have you to take part. No problem. Glad to be here. <laughs> So I suppose just to give us a bit of background, um, can you tell us about your own journey into peds rheumatology and how that all began and then how your interest within education and, and training began? Then, yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you, uh, David. So I um, probably got involved in education first and then through that interest started working with Professor Helen Foster um, uh, in uh, 2005 or six. And we started doing some educational work together in paediatric musculoskeletal medicine. And many of you will be aware of PGALS um, and our website PMM. And we worked together and with many other colleagues that collaborated with to develop some educational resources and materials um, within paediatric musculoskeletal medicine. And it was really through working with Helen and then having some opportunities to get involved within paediatric rheumatology clinical work mm-hmm. and a research fellowship and, uh, and an academic pathway, if you like, yeah. um, that I got in, involved in paediatric rheumatology. Since um, when I took up my consultant appointment, I've continued in educational interests a number of different posts and have been chair of the RCCCH Specialist Committee for Pediatric Rheumatology um, for two years now, having had a number of years in different roles prior to that. Um, so I'm very passionate about education and training in undergraduate and postgraduate uh, arenas and I've, I've really enjoyed my role within CSAC, getting to know trainees and having trainees to get the best out of their postgraduate training. So it's really those early experiences in your career then really have shaped your career as a consultant and education and, and training. And I suppose along those lines, what advice would you have for trainees, for example, in paediatric training and are interested in paediatric rheumatology starting off? What would your be advice for those trainees? Firstly, I think it's a brilliant specialty. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that you're listening to this hopefully means that, that you think it is too. Um, I, if you speak to, to trainees and consultants, there are often key kind of things that happen at undergraduate or postgraduate um, level that spark interest. So that might be seeing a patient, it might be a particular colleague as it was for me, uh, it might be an opportunity to, to get involved in, a, in an audit project or, or a teaching session you've been to. And I guess it's just kind of following that interest really uh, and getting involved and you don't need to have done huge amounts of paediatric rheumatology yet undergraduate or postgraduate to then get into training you just need to be passionate and interested in it and, and motivated um, and and often it is just about maximizing those opportunities those contacts with specialists those teaching opportunities and following through with them sitting in a clinic going to see a patient on the ward coming along to a meeting those kind of moments so what you're saying is you don't need a, an awful extensive amount of experience within Pete's rheumatology itself before considering to apply and lots of those skills are transferable from general paediatric training, I suppose. I think that's absolutely right. And one of the one of the, I guess, 
challenges we have with paediatric rheumatology training is because we're quite a small specialties and tend to be focused very much in, in large teaching hospitals. Mm-hmm. Some trainees may not have the opportunity to spend six months um, within paediatric rheumatology uh, early on in their training. Mm-hmm. So we really, really encourage trainee, paediatric trainees to seek out other opportunities that may, might help them to know if paediatric rheumatology is for them. Mm-hmm attending a, a local clinic or spending some time for physiotherapists, coming to kind of local or, or national meetings and meeting kind of um, consultants that perhaps are coming to an outreach clinic or a network clinic. Mm-hmm. Those kind of things. And we very much yeah, encourage trainees to, to make mm-hmm. most of those opportunities. Yes, yeah, so I'm hearing there networking is particularly important and it only takes one contact Absolutely. then to open up so many different opportunities. So conferences, local events, that can be really important if we're starting off as well. Absolutely. And you know, and sometimes we just get um, a CSAC, we get um, people that are interested who email um, mm-hmm. through the college website. Yeah. And we can then, as a small specialty, mm-hmm. often link them in to, to somebody fairly close to them. Mm-hmm. We might offer them an opportunity to come to a clinic or um, just to spend some time with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we very much encourage people to get in contact mm-hmm. uh, and, to, uh, and tell us that they're interested mm-hmm. um, so that we can help break down any barriers that might yeah. be You'd rather hear early on um, where they have the, I suppose, time maybe to shape their training and career at that stage for, for applications. And I suppose speaking of applications then, so if a trainee has made the decision that they would like to go into PEDS rheumatology training, uh, what are the different options for, for trainees? How might they go about that? Um, I guess the, the main point of entry, if you want to be a paediatric rheumatologist, is subspecialist training um, as part of, of paediatric training. So those of you listening to the podcast now will be aware that, that paediatric training has changed. Um, we're now in a progress plus, plus curriculum, which is seven years of training. And subspecialty training is the latter ha- latter part of that. So trainees that are interested in subspecialty training would be applying at SD4 or 5 for a minimum of 24 months of subspecialty training. There are a limited number of places for subspecialty training and, um, and people, trainees that undertake subspecialty training are expected to become paediatric rheumatology consultants in those large um, uh, tertiary hospitals, working in um, MDTs within paediatric rheumatology. There are trainees who also undertake spin training. So spin training is usually at postgraduate level, is a 12-month module where you feel placed within paediatric rheumatology but are linked to a different curriculum, um, the spin curriculum. And that's very much aimed at uh, at paediatricians with an interest in the specialty. So you may, through spin training, you may become a general paediatrician with an interest in paediatric rheumatology and so perhaps not based at the the special teaching tertiary hospital, but work, still working alongside them through network or outreach clinics. Um, they're the main routes of kind of training within the UK. We also know there are trainees who sometimes do other things which are, are very much welcomed and that particularly involves fellowships. So we know that there are trainees and consultants who have undertaken paediatric rheumatology fellowships in the UK or overseas mm-hmm. um, and that's for trainees really who perhaps uh, or, or consultants that um, perhaps have missed the opportunity for subspecialty training, mm-hmm. but still wish to get that kind of very focused and specialised training opportunity. And there are a number of colleagues across the country who have, have taken up that opportunity. Mm-hmm. 
I'd say the, I guess the final thing to talk about would be academic training. So there are opportunities to go down an academic training pathway mm-hmm. in, in paediatric rheumatology. And there's advice on academic training pathways on the RCPCH website. Mm-hmm. Um, but paediatric rheumatology is very much an academic specialty. And that's a great opportunity as well. Mm-hmm. So lots of different options there actually to consider and I suppose that will really depend on what stage of your training you're at, how far on you're through your training or also your personal circumstances as well and that may sort of um, impact then on, on which route you to choose. The key there is flexibility and I suppose that's the idea of Progress Plus as well is to give other opportunities for trainees who are at different points in their training and so that we can be flexible with training. And, and absolutely, and I guess there's a couple of points just to say in that. I think with Progress Plus, trainees should be aware of the opportunity to take some take out of programme experience. Mm-hmm. So there is kind of an opportunity, I think, between the two levels of training to undertake an out of programme training um, experience. And, and that might be for people that are interested in paediatricology, for example, a six month post in paediatricology. Again, trainees may take some time out for, for research. And again, that's an excellent uh, additional aspect mm-hmm. to your training. The other thing to, to talk about would be with regards to SPIN training. The SPIN training is designed for either trainees in their postgraduate training. So um, through through training and normally SD4, 5, 6 level. Mm-hmm but also can be undertaken by a consultant. Mm. Um, and we've got a number of consultants that have done SPIN alongside their consultant job um, and has really given them an additional kind of aspect to their experience and have found it an incredibly worthwhile experience. Mm. Mm. Um, so SPIN is designed to be flexible, yeah. is, as you've exactly said. Yeah. And that, I like the idea that learning never stops either, even when you become a consultant and you might come across a patient with a rheumatological condition and then develop your interest with that possibility there. So that, Absolutely. Yeah, that's fantastic. Isn't it? I, you know, and I think no, nobody, it's, there's no one size fits mm. all. Um, mm. and, 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 and I think it's good to have different kind of opportunities. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned there about taking time out. So for a trainee who perhaps hasn't had that, I suppose, experience of working in a tertiary feeds rheumatology centre and they're wanting to apply for subspecialty or grid training, that they could consider that as an option, just give themselves a bit more time. And I, I doubt anyone would regret taking an extra year or time during their training to get that experience then. Absolutely. But I, I, just to reassure kind of trainees, you, you don't have to have done Mm-hmm. time in a, in a specialist centre mm-hmm. to apply for subspecialty mm-hmm. training. There are other ways to get that experience or to, to if you like, to show your understanding of the specialty, mm-hmm. uh, as we've talked about, mm-hmm. you know, spending time in clinic and um, going to teaching, spending time with colleagues, working with the MDT. Mm-hmm. So if you are uh, in a, a school that perhaps doesn't have a paediatric rheumatology um, centre or your rotation has not allowed you that have to have that exposure, don't feel that that's a barrier to you mm-hmm. applying if you have managed to get that experience, that mm-hmm. understanding, mm-hmm. the insight in other ways. Mm-hmm. The key is that we can transfer skills from those other areas of our training, namely their clinical skills, practical skills, even to demonstrate some of those key qualities that would make a good paediatric rheumatologist. And then to look at the educational side of things as well, QI, management, leadership, all of that can be transferred and to have a little bit 
perhaps have a conversation or some sort of linkage then with the paid rheumatologist in, in some manner. That's right. And I think if it's the qualities, what are the qualities mm-hmm. we're looking for, mm-hmm. you know, communication, chronic disease management, team working, wanting to be part of kind of successful MD teams, mm-hmm. that desire to drive the specialty forward to, to kind of make changes that will improve um, patient care, um, working with other specialists, um, those kind of things mm-hmm. um, are, the, are the qualities that we're looking mm-hmm. for. For training who has made the decision, they've applied and they've been successful to get an interview uh, for some specialty or grid training, what would be the advice then at the interview stage for a trainee coming to an interview? So trainee coming to an interview, I yeah. think it's about getting practice, mm-hmm. so having interview experience, knowing kind of what that kind of, that it might be that trainee's first experience since, mm-hmm. you know, SD1 kind of, of stage. Course, yeah. So getting experience at interview, mm-hmm. understanding kind of the qualities that we're looking for, as we've just described. So, you know, communication, team working, and um, ability to work under pressure, those kind of kind of big headlines, if you like. Ways, understanding ways in which that trainee may be able to demonstrate their insight and understanding. Mm-hmm. So particular patients that they've seen or experiences that they've had and truly trying to understand how that relates to, to the specialty uh, and, and, and to training. Nobody likes interviews. No, that's right. <laughs> Practice is key there. Practice is key. Yeah, and the Royal College of Pediatric Health has produced quite a lot of information and guidelines for the interview stage, so specialty training. So I would recommend everyone to have a look at those. Um, I think that would be really helpful at the interview stage. And um, you mentioned that numbers can be tight for pediatric yeah. uh, specialty training, and I suppose that reflects future forward planning for consultant jobs and that's the very reason behind why numbers are smart in my understanding and if a trainee is unsuccessful at that interview stage what would you say to those trainees? So I guess it's just we we always hate letting people Mm. uh, down Mm -hmm. Uh, it is tough but yes numbers are limited we've got limited numbers of training centres and um, and obviously limited numbers of consultant um, posts so Workforce planning is, is 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 part of it as well. It very much depends on the training. It depends on the trainee and the stage of training. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking at kind of where that's in training and how much training um, they have left. There is an opportunity to, to count time towards training prospectively. So if so it may be about seeking a placement within pediatric rheumatology so that it could be then counted prospectively and reapplying. Perhaps it's looking at other options, and we've talked about spin mm-hmm. um, already, uh, and and just perhaps thinking about is is, is spin at the right option, mm-hmm. or is there an option to again take some time out to do some research, to do kind of get some leadership experience, and then come back and apply again. There's always feedback from interviews as well, and the colleague, the Royal College of Pediatric Health produce feedback from all interviews for successful and unsuccessful candidates. So it'd be important to look at that. And then if you have a mentor within the specialty, perhaps you might want to look at your feedback with them. Absolutely. And yes. And, 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 you know, we're also accessible um, as CSAC mm-hmm. um, and, 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 and happy to be approached. It's very much about kind of, as you see, the kind of mentorship kind mm-hmm. of support very much so. through your educational supervisor. Um, uh, who have the kind of the people, if you like, that have supported you to, up until that point, perhaps within your school, 
um, and, and I'm just doing a little bit of kind of reflection mm -hmm. and trying to, to work out the right next step mm -hmm. from there. And there are often a number of options of trying to decide on the right one for you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And once on a training programme, um, it's you think you've got through the interview, you've got through all that application, all that preparation, and you've landed yourself a place. And uh, thinking about the next steps once you're on the training programme, what would be your advice to get the most out of subspecialty training in Pete's room? It's very much about kind of immersive, just it's an immersive experience, mm. isn't it? So just getting involved in the team. And we are so fortunate in our specialty that we work in amazing um, multidisciplinary teams. Mm -hmm. So it's it's learning from everybody within that team. So mm -hmm. yes, learning kind of on, on the, the, the medical approach and learning from your consultants, but you just can learn so much from, from everyone within the team. So it's about just making the most of kind of what of your team. It very much is it's a clinical training program. So obviously clinical experience is, is key and, and kind of mapping to the curriculum and, and documenting evidence within um, uh, the e-portfolio. But it's also about that, those all those additional bits that's going to make you a consultant. So um, uh, management experience, leadership, teaching, quality improvement, safeguarding, communication, all those bits, they are key. And recognising, and I know um, for paediatric trainees, often the kind of general paediatric component feels onerous and, and I think sometimes feels frustrating because it can take you away from your subspecialty experience. However, at our heart of hearts, we are all paediatricians. And so, you know, trying to switch your outlook to kind of recognising that it's all good experience in managing sick children and complex children and, and working with other specialists. So it's about trying to make sure that you get the most out of all those different aspects of training. Mm -hmm. Um, we also very much encourage our subspecialty training trainees to look at things like uh, trainee rep experience, whether that's on CSAC or BSR or um, within the CSG, sort of lots and lots of different opportunities for trainees to get that kind of national leadership experience and um, to get involved with organisation of trainees meetings or, or kind of regional meetings and really just to start for trainees to really start building their networks and their contacts and their collaborations because that's what you'll be doing as a consultant. There's lots in there, lots, lots in there to get going. And important perhaps pacing as well that it's a training scheme, it's not a one year training program for most, so you can build on all of your skills throughout time, throughout your training as well, and, and focus on different aspects. Of, What's Absolutely. most important to the trainee at that time? Perhaps leadership management towards the end of your training year in CCT, that final year, but not to forget about it early on either. Well, I think that. So I think there's, I would absolutely say, and having supported a number of trainees now, there's no one size that fits all. So trainees will take different varying lengths of time to complete their training. There may be things that happen along the training pathway that um, mean that the, the pathway is not direct, if you like. Trainees on subspecialty training have a number of different areas for support. So there's still the TPD and school for support, as well as CSAC, as well as your, your educational supervisor. And it's just seeking advice and, and making sure that, that you, you know, if you're not quite sure 
whether to take up that opportunity or whether you should be applying for something that you, you, you ask and, mm. and, and, and get help and guidance there's lots of people out there to do that we also very much recognize and welcome that trainees and consultants all have different um, strengths and um, so um, I have very much kind of led on education and training that's very much what I enjoy and that I have um, plenty of colleagues and friends that have um, um, have developed other aspects in their careers and so that's the comes back to the there's no one size fits all and a trainee may come in to subsequent training already passionate and engaged and immersed in a particular field mm -hmm. That doesn't mean all trainees should be doing that because for other, another trainee it may be about getting a little bit of quality improvement a little bit of leadership and a little bit of education and training mm -hmm. and then with time working out what it is is, is, is your thing is your kind of area interest your niche um, and it's very much should be tailored towards the training being open-minded for the training and i think the new curriculum um, with progress plus allows for that as well and the new learning outcomes and key capabilities within the PEDS Rooms Logic curriculum are much more general now Absolutely. than previous perhaps to facilitate that. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Well, we've covered a lot there. There's been uh, lots of useful nuggets throughout that I think our listeners will, will really enjoy and, and take away. But I was thinking of final tech home key points about perhaps why going into PEDS Rheumatology, whatever path you would choose to get there. I think it's remembering, I guess, that those qualities that we, we mentioned earlier. Yeah, good paediatric rheumatologists are excellent communicators, brilliant team workers, are collaborators, are, are really passionate and interested in rheumatological conditions, understanding that they want to understand the science behind things and get a treatment right. And we are keen. Uh, enthusiastic about working alongside others and learning from others and we're definitely lifelong learners so, so remembering those qualities if you like I think that's that's really important remembering that kind of there's no one size fits all thing I think is is key we need lots of different people within our community um, and lots of different qualities uh, lots of different skills and and leaders and I guess that kind of asking for help and support again, is really important mm. for those that are um, interested in training. Certainly for reaching out and contact details for the CSAC or subspecialty training committee can be found on the Royal College page as well. Mm. Um, so thanks so much for taking part, uh, Dr. Jandu. I really enjoyed that and hopefully our listeners will have enjoyed it as well. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to Talking Rheumatology, brought to you by BSR. Please do rate, share and subscribe through your favourite podcast app.